I wanna get right into the message today. I've got a lot to say today. I'm gonna go quick, so get your notes out, get your pen ready. And I wanna really get into this series. And there's many times as a pastor that, that God puts messages in our hearts and we pray a lot and we put a lot of time. You may not believe that sometimes, but we put a lot of time into the messages, really trying to prepare. We, we want you to leave here with a filet mignon, not a hot dog, okay? And so we wanna feed you when you're here, but, uh, and we hope that's happening. But there's times where we know that God's given us a message, but then there's times like today that, that God has really spoken a word to me that, that the Bible would refer to it as a prophetic word, that, that God's put a prophetic word in my heart today that's really, if you receive it today, it's gonna be life-changing for some of you. And so it may be a phrase, it may be a statement, it may be the whole message in itself, but I really want you to open your heart to receive what God has to say. So how many will just say today, I'm really gonna open both ears and my heart, and I'm gonna receive what God's gotta to say to me today, amen? And I really want you to do that. We're in a series called Pay It Forward. Pay It Forward, the Bible says, to whom much has been given, much is required. And how many would join me today and say, even in the midst of all the stuff, the issues that might be going on in my life today, God's been good to me. Come on, anybody join me on that one and go, God's really been good to me. I mean, extra good, above what I could believe or ask for, God has been good to me, especially more than I deserve. And we've been talking to you about pay it forward, to whom much has been given, much is required. And we talked to you first about forgiveness, for the Bible said to, as you've been forgiven, now go and forgive. And we talked about that in the first message. And then last week we talked about friendship and really defined what friendship is and is not and talked about passing that forward, friendship. And today you can see it in your notes. I wanna to talk to you about this topic called compassion. Compassion. And, and my role as a pastor is really twofold, is to lead and to feed, is to lead the, the body into new pastors, into new territory, into new vision, new purpose in your life, and it's to feed you along the way as, as our pastoral staff does. And it's really a, fold, a fourfold journey that you know if you attend here. It's number one is that we just wanna know that you know God. Number one, that you have a personal relationship with Christ. And number two is that we begin to move you from that after you know God to move you into a place of finding freedom that, that freedom comes into your life because how many will join me and go, after I got saved, there was still stuff I'm dealing with and still need some deliverance things going on in my world. Four of us are honest in here. Rest of you have a lying issue, okay. And, uh, and But uh, we all still have issues. We wanna help walk you through that as we're walking through ours. And then number three, as you're finding that deliverance in your life, we wanna help you discover your purpose and know why you're here and why did God create you and what's your purpose in life? And, and then number four is once you find that, let's join together and go make a difference. And that's the four-step journey that we wanna take every one of you on as we're on it ourselves. And our role as leaders is to find out where are each of you on that journey so that we can help get you to the next place. And, and so in that, I wanna talk to you today about what is God's plan for your life and what should you be doing? And we're gonna talk very straightforward today and really try to help some of you out. I want some of you to leave here, I hope all of you, but I really want some of you to leave here today and go, I finally got it. I got it today, all right? And so Psalms, let's go to a scripture I've used many times here, but I can't really talk about compassion and the message today and not cover this, where this is really the song of Moses that was put in the Psalms, and he says, teach us to number our days aright what he's saying there is let us understand how important every day is, 
that every day matters and that we're taking the opportunity of every day to the fullest. Help us to number our days aright that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And he didn't say knowledge. Knowledge is knowing what to do, but he said give us a heart of wisdom that we know how to implement. We know how to put into action what we already know what to do. And that's where many of us are at. We know what we're supposed to be doing, just not doing it yet. We've got reasons, we've got excuses in life, whether it's our marriage, whether it's our finances, whether it's our health, whether it's our ministry. We know what God has told us to do. We know what we're supposed to be doing, but we haven't plugged into it yet. And God's saying, I don't wanna just let you know what to do, I wanna help you do it. And I really wanna get us on a journey today that we begin to recognize that every day, this became so real to me in 9-11 because I don't know what stood out to you the most on that, but you know what stood out to me the most was those phone calls that people were making to their loved ones when they knew they were about to die. That's what stood out to me was, babe, I know I told you I loved you this morning before I left, but I want you to know I really love you. Their whole outlook on life changed when they knew they didn't have another day left. And can I tell you, we need to live, that's what the psalmist is saying, we need to live every day like this is our last day. That we, we treat people like this is the last time I'm gonna be around them. That we look upon people like this is the last opportunity I'm gonna get to share with them rather than judge them for what they're doing wrong. How do I help them make it right? And that we begin to understand the heart of compassion. Colossians put it like this, the Apostle Paul says, therefore, if we understand every day matters, and that we wanna know how to do what we're supposed to do, therefore as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. How many's glad you fit right there? Anybody fit in there? God, how many's glad God chose you when you wasn't choosing him, amen? He tracked you down, and how many besides some of us got cornered by God? It's just like, you can't outrun me, all right? And he chose people, he chose us, and now we get to be called holy and dearly loved, because see, Jesus didn't die to make you happy. He died to make us holy. So that we can become dearly loved. And then he says, if you fit there, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any one of you has a grievance against someone, you can't go to bed at night with that. You gotta live every day like it's your last day. Make it right. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. We talked about that. And over all these virtues, we're gonna talk about this one next week, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Compassion, it's a feeling of deep sympathy or sorrow for another person who has been stricken with a misfortune but it's also accompanied by the strong desire within yourself to go alleviate that person's struggle. Pity will touch your wallet, but compassion touches your heart. Pity will put $20 bills in buying someone some food, but compassion will take them to the restaurant with you. Pity will pay a doctor to take care of the wounded. Compassion will put your hands on the sores and bandage them yourself. And so when we understand that, the Apostle Paul speaks again in Ephesians and says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. How many knows we're in those? 
Don't act thoughtlessly. Count every day. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So I wanna to talk to you today on three things in this, this area as we move into compassion. I wanna to talk to you about three things that matters the most in your life. And, and I've been asked this often lately as we're talking and meeting with people and mentoring people as, as this has become a major topic is what matters most because we've distorted things and we've got things out of place. So I wanna share with you the three things that matters most in your life. Before I do that, I... Um, was reading, and I'm always reading and doing some study, and I, I found this thing called Life um, Explained. Life Explained, and life is explained to its fullest right here in this one letter. It's not good theology, but it preaches good, okay? But here it is. It said, on the first day, God created the dog. God said to the dog, sit on your porch every day and bark at every person who goes by. And for this, I will give you a lifespan of 20 years, the dog said, God, that's a long time to be barking. What if you just give me 10 years to live and I give you the 10 years back? God said, okay. On the second day, God created the monkey. God said to the monkey, entertain people, do monkey tricks, make people laugh. And God said, for this, I'm gonna give you a lifespan of 20 years. The monkey said, oh God, that's a long time to do monkey tricks and try to make people laugh. I tell you what, what if we do like the dog and you give me 10 years to live and I'll give you 10 of those back? God agreed. On the third day, God created the cow. God said to the cow, cow, you're going into the field with a farmer and you're gonna suffer under the sun and you're going to have uh, calves and you're gonna produce milk and you're gonna work for the farmer and his family. And God said for this, I'm gonna give you a lifespan of 60 years. The cow threw his head back and said, oh no, God, that's a long time to be working so hard in the field. What if we do like the dog and the monkey and you just give me 20 years and I'm gonna give you 40 of them back? God said, okay. On the next day, God created man. God said to man, eat, sleep, play, and enjoy yourself. And for this, I'll give you 20 years to live. And man stood up and said, oh God, 20 years he said, I tell you what, God, what if you give me my 20 and then give me the 40 that the cow gave up and the 10 that the dog gave up and the 10 that the monkey gave, what if I get all theirs too? And God said, okay. So that's why for the first 20 years of our life, we eat, sleep, and play and enjoy ourselves. For the next 40 years, we slave in the sun to support our family. The next 20 years, we do monkey tricks to entertain our grandchildren. In the last 10 years of our life, we sit on the front porch and bark at everybody that goes by. <laughs> Pretty slums it up, doesn't it? So three things in life that really, really matter to you. Number one is knowing God matters. Knowing God matters. When we stand before God on judgment day, there will be one question that he will ask us above every other question, and that question is, did you know me? What did you do with our relationship? Not, not did you go to church every Sunday, though we should, not, not how much did you give in the offering, though we should give. That's not the ultimate question he's gonna ask. He's gonna ask, what did you do with my son? What did you do with the opportunity that you had to know my son? Did you have a true relationship with him? And as your pastor, I esteem you to understand this one above everything else. Put your time, your energy, your effort, your emotions into your relationship with God because at the end of the day, that's the only thing that really matters. 
Because you can't have a relationship with your spouse without one with God first. You can't have a relationship with society and love them until you understand that God is first in your life. Two times in the New Testament, God tells us that people that were devout religious people stood before him, giving him every type of reason that they deserve to enter into heaven. But with both, God had to stop them and go, you did all the right things in the church. You did all the right religious things, but I don't know you. I can't let you in. And the thing that matters most in your life today and the thing that I desire the most as your pastor is not that you serve at a door, though we thank you for that. I wanna know you know God. I wanna know that God is the ultimate supreme force in your life, that you put more effort in him than you do anything else in your world. Our desire, Transformation Church, is to make loving God and serving God so attractive to you that it becomes the highlight of your life. People can't get around you that you're not talking about God. I'd rather you talk about God more than you do your church. Though I'd love for you to talk about the church, invite your friends, but the church can't save your family. The church can't save your coworkers, but God can. And they're burnt out on churches anyway. They're looking for some real people that know God. Know God. Paul said in Philippians, but whatever was to my prophet, he had been converted now he's got all the accolades. He's being praised by everyone as the great hero of faith now. And Paul says, whatever was to my prophet, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss. Listen, every accomplishment, everything that I've done, everything that you're preaching about in the Bible that I did, Paul said, I count it as a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of just knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. God doesn't want to be your Sunday God. He wants to be your everyday best friend. Can I hear a good amen on that one? I said God doesn't want to be your Sunday experience. He wants to be your seven day a week experience. That you know God above everything. Luke says, but God said to him, talking about the man who spent his entire life, his emotions, his time, and his energy becoming wealthy, it says, but God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. You don't know it, but you're gonna stand before God today. What would we change if we knew? Then you will get what you've prepared for yourself, God said. This is how it will be for anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. God. Knowing God matters in your life. Number two, loving people matters. Loving people matters. Man, we've watched our nation over the past few years regress into a people of evil, hostility, and hatred, haven't we? We witness issues such as racism, bigotry, violence, fill our media, our neighborhoods, our schools, our streets. We've watched issues such as homosexuality, transgender, same-sex marriage, abortion, Israel, Black Lives Matters movement, the white supremacy groups, politics, all become marketplaces of pure evil, hatred, judgment, and division. And I'm gonna address every one of those next week in a message, and I'm gonna approach them theologically, not socially. Amen. And you don't wanna miss that one, because it's not gonna be what many of you are thinking. Because God sees things differently than we do. You see, the fact is, God addresses and put mankind in two groups only. They were called Jews or Gentiles. 
Jews represent those who have found life in Jesus. Gentiles represented those who have yet to find that experience. God never addressed man based on color. He always addressed man by the condition of his heart and his character. He is saved or he's lost. He knows God or he doesn't. If he doesn't, our number one goal is make sure that he does. Stay with me. It's already got quiet. Anytime we define or represent man, human being, mankind, as a people or my people based on color or anything culturally, we have stepped out of the Great Commission and moved into our own personal agenda. This always leads us into a carnal and selfish mindset that brings hatred, judgment, and division, which removes us from our ultimate calling in life, which is to love God with all of my heart, all of my soul, and all of my strength, and love my neighbors myself. Jesus said, if my people who are called by my name, that was all inclusive, it wasn't exclusive, and any time you put a color or a culture on anything, it excludes other people, and that removes you from the Great Commission. Now you're accomplishing your own personal agendas instead of knowing God and making him first. That's good preaching. The amens are really decreasing right now, but it's really good preaching. It's called theology. It's called Bible. Paul said in Galatians, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in one single command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out, you will be destroyed by each other too. It's the scripture. Because you see, there's two judgments that we're gonna face. One of the judgments is the great white throne judgment, where we, every person will stand before God, and we will give an account whether we know him or we don't. He's gonna open up the Lamb's book of life and if our name's in that book, which I pray to God it is, we're going to heaven. And then if you make that judgment and you enter into heaven, you're gonna move to the judgment seat of Christ, which is really not a judgment but a rewarding center where God is gonna reward us according to how we impacted the lives of others with the compassion that Jesus had already impacted our life with. And that's how we will be rewarded. And so when we come and understand this in Matthew, Jesus put it like this, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. And he didn't put anything in there that identified anybody in their specific color, race, culture, or sin. He just said they were in need, and you had my compassion in you enough to go meet that need. God's calling his church back. All the panic on the political scene today is simply one thing, man. God's putting the responsibility for America back where it was supposed to be in the beginning, and that's called the kingdom of God, the church. Thank you, the one clap. Thank you. It's my cousin. Because living for eternity matters. Y'all with me today? Living for eternity matters. Knowing God matters most. Loving people. And living for eternity it goes back to the scripture in Psalms, the song of Moses, to help me number my days aright, that I will have a heart of wisdom, 
that I number my days are right because I understand that life here is but a breath. Everybody look at me for one second. The vast majority of your existence is not gonna be spent on this earth. It's gonna be spent in eternity somewhere. And how I live every day on this earth is gonna determine where I spend eternity. What am I doing with the grace and the compassion that Jesus has so freely sown? How many besides me deserves death today, man? How many besides me is messed up enough that I don't deserve the blessings of God in my life? Anybody besides me? And, and this, is a, this is a strong message today. I'm trying to talk to you. And I know I'm dealing, anytime you bring race and culture and all that in, but you're looking at a guy that has a multicultural family I've got black, Asian, Caucasian in my family. I pastor a multicultural church and I live life with multicultural people because that's what heaven's gonna be like so it's the way it ought to be down here. And, and I'm saying to you today that what we're doing is we're letting society control even how we think as Christians. And God's saying, stop it. Because I place one thing on the church and it's called the Great Commission and it's all inclusive. Whosoever will, let him come. And our compassion must be equally given, and I'm gonna deal with that next week. Our compassion, if it's not equally expressed, then it's not coming from heaven. It's coming from our own agendas. Living for eternity matters. Life is just a vapor, a moment, a breath. Your kids know how to win on the ball field. Do they know how to win the spiritual battle of life? Do they really live with eternity in mind? How many grew up like me? I mean, if you just said a cuss word, man, the rapture might come right now. I gotta fix this. Come on, anybody with me? I, I couldn't go to bed late night. No, I, I stole a pencil from school. I gotta make that right. Please don't come tonight. I'm going to hell. The thought of eternities don't even exist in the minds of most of our kids, even in the church today. The thought of right now, winning right now, not winning long term. Your kids know the plays on the football field. Do they know the scripture? We make sure they're at practice five days a week. Are they at church one? Because eternity matters and your kids are gonna spend it somewhere. Here's a young man, one of my great friends. Do we have that? 17 years old, six foot two, athlete and a half. My great friend, Pastor Scott Thomas, Free Light Chapel, three weeks ago, this was the last picture ever taken of this young man because that next day, Monday morning, three weeks ago, he went to get on this bus and a car hit him and killed him in the street. What I wanna know is where are the pictures of our children play, praying at church or serving at a church rather than all pictures of them on a ball field because the last picture ever taken of this young man was greeting at the church door where he served every Sunday morning. The last picture of this young man is that one right there serving at a church and welcoming people into the kingdom of God. I love the ball field, but ball fields aren't gonna get your children to heaven. Keep them on the ball field, but make sure you talk eternity with them. Make sure you talk knowing God with them. Make sure they have a relationship with God. Make sure that they know to go out and love people and reach people. Make sure that we've got them connected with God's purpose and ultimate plan in our life. Come on, y'all with me today? And so when we look at this, we'll come into, okay, what do we do, pastor? So the three top priorities in your life, know God, love people, realize eternity is very real. 
But then I want to talk to you today about what now, because once you embrace what matters the most, you're set to live out the three top things that God wants for you. And you spend your life doing these next three things. Here they are. Number one, identify and engage your purpose. Identify and engage your purpose. Do you know that 87% of people in society today say they don't know why they're here? And so they just survive. They just live through life with a survival mindset. Most have that survival mentality. They work, they deal with family crisis, they pay bills, they stay a healthy, trying to stay healthy, they've got relationship issues. But God doesn't want you in a survival mentality. He wants you in a significance mentality. That you're on earth with a significant purpose in your life. God created you a specific purpose in mind. God did not create you and one day go, oh, there's a Ryan Teague. I didn't even know he was going to be here. Let me come up with something so Ryan Teague might can do. It's not what the scripture said. The scripture says, for you created my inmost being. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that very well. Here's what I want you to get. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to me that every day of my life, every day of your life, God already saw it before you ever experienced the first one because God created you with purpose. And the question is, am I fulfilling that purpose? Have I connected with that purpose that God so has planned me to do? Anyone heard of a little singer called Elvis Presley? You know, little guy, 250 million albums made 33 movies. When he died, he had over 1 billion fans, they say. He died in 1977. At that time, he had over 300 Elvis impersonators. Today, there's over 85,000. That means like by 200, 2020, every one of us is one, you know, <laughs> if it keeps growing at that rate, all right? But you think someone that popular and successful would be happy and feel that they had fulfilled their purpose in life, right? But not according to his wife, Priscilla, for an interview with Reader's Digest, I quote her. She said, Elvis never came to terms with who he was meant to be or what his purpose in life was. He thought he was here for a reason, maybe to preach, maybe to serve, maybe to save, maybe to care for people, you think? That agonizing desire was always with him, and he knew he was missing fulfilling it. So he would go on stage so he wouldn't have to think about it. Wow. My question today is how many of us are going to stage and work tomorrow knowing that we're pouring our life into something that our heart isn't even into? Missing our purpose in life so you just don't want to think about it. How do you find it? Go back to the first important thing in your life. Know God. Knowing God because until you connect with your creator, you will never know your creative purpose. Colossians says, for everything, absolutely everything above and below, visible and invisible, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. Can I tell you today, the happiest people around you today are not people without problems. They are people who have something in their life bigger than their problems. I say that again, the happiest people around you today aren't people without problems because I haven't met that person yet. They're people that have something going on in their life bigger than their problems. Because when you're 
person of compassion and God's using you to take the burden off of someone else, you've got something going on in your life bigger than your problem. And more important. Because once you engage in your purpose, number two, you develop your potential. You know and then grow. You see, most people think the wrong thing is going to grow them. Oh, if I can just read some more books, if I can just attend more seminars, if I can obtain more knowledge. Can I go ahead and say this to you today? Knowledge has never changed a person's life. Now, I'm all about knowledge. I'm always studying, always reading, always digging, but that's never changed my life. Life change comes through relationships. And God planned it this way. It's in Proverbs, the book of wisdom. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And God created a system for us to better ourselves, for us to become better so that we can serve better and find our purpose and walk it out better. And so he puts these aggravating things called people in our life. And here's what's so weird about that because most of us avoid that because we've already been hurt by people. So we got this thing about people, I just don't wanna know any. And that's why we live a dull life because we have nobody around us that's not agreeing with us all the time. You need some people in your world that doesn't say you're right all the time. You need some people in your world that when he said iron sharpens iron, the only way iron sharpens iron is if it rubs against the grain. If it rubs with the grain, it shines it. If it goes against it, it sharpens it. You need some people in your life that'll see you on your worst day and still pick you up tomorrow. Still believe in you, still have faith in you. It was all in the news, a young man going into the ministry, just had a DUI, it was all in the news, arrested. He's been thrown away by religious people. And I was talking to him yesterday, and I said, you got a family, bro, we're with you, we're here with you, we're gonna walk you through this journey. Right, we're gonna coach you. I, I, I'm not your parent, I'm your coach. I'm gonna coach you through this. We're gonna win this battle. We're not giving up. You're not dead, bro. You got knocked down. We're picking you up. We're gonna move on. You gotta have some people in your world that'll watch you in your failure and still be your buddy and your friend tomorrow. You, you gotta have some people, and God set a system up that, that I'm gonna find my purpose. I'm gonna identify my purpose, and, and I'm gonna have some people around me that's gonna keep sharpening me so I can fulfill that purpose because there will always be a temptation to take you out of it. A better job, more pay, a different place, a different location, a different, this, a different that. The enemy's always gonna have something to take you out of God's ultimate plan and purpose in your life. And the reason is that he's already established a people for you to touch with compassion. That's why we have a thing called small groups. We've got our first meeting today. I encourage you, whatever you're doing every week now, go to class tonight, meet with Pastor Brad, and let him train you on how to run a six-week small group this summer. We'll bring other people into your small group and, and help you how to run it. And let's, let's let iron sharpen iron. And if you're not running one, get in one. And build relationship. Number three, and I close with this one. So we've got to come and understand that we've got to identify, identify our purpose. We've got to sharpen, develop our potential. And then last of all, invest in others. Invest in others. Everything you and I have today, our house, our car, our pool, our boat, our time, our money, is an opportunity to sow into someone else's life. God gave you that. He gave you that house because there's somebody else out there that don't have a house or there's someone that needs a safe place they can go and sit at your dining room table with a cup of coffee or a glass of tea and have a friend that'll talk to them. 
God gave you a car, so maybe you can give somebody a ride. It happened to me this morning. I'm only saying this because it fits, but we were already coming late to church. So my wife is always her fault. But anyway, we were, God, you know that woman you gave. Anyway, we were running late, and, and, and my, I, she was in a different vehicle ahead of me because they're going out of town. And we're going down Nine Mile Road, and I'm rushing to get here. And this kid's walking down the road with cerebral palsy, and he's, he's this, and he got right beside me. And I mean, there's nothing on Nine Mile Road there. And I watched him fall down on the asphalt, and I watched him trying to get up. And I'm looking at this in my mirror, and I had to make a decision, 500 people that can walk or one that can't. You turn, go back. And I'm only saying this because I had a vehicle and he didn't. I got to share with him and he goes, his question, well, who are you and what do you do? Well, he's Dan Lewis and I pastor an amazing church. Oh, you're a preacher. And his ride left him and he was trying to get to work. And he was running late and he didn't want to lose his job. I had a vehicle that I take for granted every day, but God gave it to me so I can sow into somebody else with it. Are you hearing what I'm trying to say to you today? I'm not, I'm, I just gave a kid a ride for three minutes. No big deal, all right? And I made it on time still. But I'm saying everything God's given you and I, he gave to us to use to sow into other people. We make it easier around here for you to do that. It's a thing called a dream team. We want to help coach you and teach you how to do it right here in a safe zone. And so we encourage you to come out to Grow Track on our, our three night um, a month, just Sunday nights for one month. You come out to Grow Track and we're going to help find where you, you have gifts and you have passions and, and we're going to plug you in. And it may be in a parking lot helping park cars or at a door greeting people or it may be on a stage if you have talents. It, it may be with our children, our nursery, our connect team, our production team. If you like technology and all of that, we, we've got special needs children now. We've got over 40 special needs children coming here every Sunday now that their families have found a safe place to come and more are coming. And, and I don't know your gifts. I, I don't know the blessing. I don't know the gifts and the passions God's put in all of you. But here's what I want to challenge you. Come out to Grow Track. Plug into the Dream Team. And what we want to do is have a safe place for you to sit in one service every Sunday and then serve in another service every Sunday. All we're really wanting to do is help get you feeling comfortable and confident that if you can do it here, you're going to do it at work. It's not about just serving here. We want to give you a safe place to get comfortable serving so that when you go to work and you're the only Christian there, man, compassion and that serving spirit is going to flow out of you. We're going to transform and change people's lives with the hope of Jesus. Not through a message of, you're going to hell, but through a message of compassion that let me introduce you to this man called Jesus because he wants to meet you right where you are. In Jesus' name. You receive God's word today? You receive it? Bow your heads with me. Father, today I thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to pastor an amazing, amazing church of people. Real people. We're not perfect, including the guy preaching. So far from it. But God, we're going to help each other every day. And God, I pray for every person here right now. And and I'm just going to talk to Christians for two minutes real quick here. And if you're a believer already and you know Jesus and you're saved, you say, Pastor, I hear today God's speaking to me. God's talking to me today that there's some things he's already told me I need to be doing in life, need to be doing better. I need to make some changes, but I haven't. But today I'm hearing a word from heaven. Today I'm going to make some changes that need to be made. If that's you, just slip a hand up. You can put it right back down. It's really for God to see, not for me. 
How many right now you would say, Pastor, I'm not a believer right now. I, I know about God, but I just don't know him right now as my personal Lord and Savior. But I know today that's the first step that I need to make. I need to make things right with God. I need peace with God today. I just want you to pray for me. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray a prayer with you and for you. If that's you right now, would you just slip a hand up where you sit? God bless you. You can put it right back down. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else before I pray? Anyone else? I just need Jesus in my life today. God bless you. I just need to make that choice today. I'm ready for a new beginning. Ready for a new start. Anyone else before I pray? Maybe on live stream, you need to pray with us. You can join us in this prayer. Church, join me as we pray with these. And if you raise your hand, pray this prayer with us. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would just come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. I can be saved. So right now, I come to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart you raised from the dead and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You join me and let's give a hand clap to these that pray today. God bless you so much.